you. You can be turning in your Bibles, the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We'll get there in uh, just a few moments. Also want to welcome back our honeymooners, uh, Brian and Erica, from their uh, honeymoon down in beautiful San Diego. So hopefully uh, they had a great time and ready to get back, uh, get on with uh, real life. Uh, uh, seriously. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a bad way at all. <laughs> Honeymoons are great for honeymooners. But uh, all seriousness, guys, church next Sunday is not here. You got to make sure you've got that in your calendar and ready to go. 10 o'clock in, uh, in Glendale. And it'll be uh, the English group over there and, and our English speaking group here as well. And uh, they've asked me to preach. So you hear me. That won't be anything different for you. Uh, but uh, they felt like it'd be great for their group uh, to hear me instead of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, speakers that they've been normally hearing. So anyway, um, you know, we've had this uh, new series going, right? Stepping out. And uh, that's, uh, it was totally uh, with the idea, uh, let's get the new year started on a big way for people. We talked about stepping out on faith. Uh, the first week, we talked about stepping out of your comfort zone uh, last week. And then today will be the last of the uh, Stepping Out series. And it's entitled Stepping Out for God. <clears throat> now, the truth of the matter is, in the world around us, people are stepping out all the time. Uh, they're doing all kinds of things. They step out for different causes, for different purposes. Uh, they step out for their hobby or their interest or things going on. People are always stepping out and doing things, uh, you know, that they see need to be done around the community or those kind of things. People have different interests. They are energized, motivated, charged by almost anything. Sometimes, you know, you hear about a group that's doing a certain thing and you're like, Really? You mean there's a there's a group of people that want to do that? And and you're like, I can't I can't imagine that people would be all that motivated for that kind of thing. The people get motivated for all kinds of uh, varieties of things, all kinds of health causes that goes on from giving blood uh, to, to all kinds of things like that. We hear people do that. We hear some people that get really get in uh, get into, and I know this is shocking for the students, but they really get into academia and studying and they're really into you know studying the history of America or the history of you know something or something like that and you know you hear that and you're like really <laughs> that's what you spend your your spare time doing R really I, I, I can't quite imagine that you would uh, spend your uh, quiet time or your uh, available time doing that some people are really into money and trying to make money and they're always into the newest idea and the newest scheme of how to make money. And uh, they read Money Magazine. And, you know, uh, they, they have different little chat rooms that they go to uh, about making money and that kind of thing. And sometimes, you know, they actually do, I guess, uh, which is pretty shocking uh, with some of the things that they come up with. Some people are really into movies. Some of you guys are really into movies. You know, you go to movies all the time. Uh, you just can't wait for that uh, movie to come out. For, for some of us, we go to a movie like once a year uh, at best uh, if, if, uh, if we do that. As I wrote down here in my notes, everything from Obama to your mama. Uh, 
I mean, people are into something. You know, some people are captivated by politics. And they listen to talk radio and they've got the conservatives on in the morning and the liberals on in the afternoon because they're, they're just, you know, they're really into that other thing. Other people say, turn that mess off. I can't stand to hear that uh, and, and, and that kind of thing. But people step up. They get into these kinds of things. Now, why? We have to ask ourselves why because why is going to be an interesting part of the, uh, of the sermon today. Why do people do those things? Well... To be happy. It scratches an itch for them. That makes me happy. Perhaps maybe acceptance in the group of people that they know or the relationships that they, that they have. I think sometimes people get into things like that because people are, are they, deep down inside they really want to have something that they're living for. And they really want to have something that they believe is important and that they're willing to spend their energies on. And perhaps maybe just for acceptance, you know, that they, they want to be accepted by their friends or they want to be accepted by people around them. Christians also should be people who step up. They should want to have things that they do. Christians, as a matter of fact, should be high energy type people. Remember when the guy came up to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your what? All your heart, which implies energy and enthusiasm and uh, inner motivation and those kinds of things. So Christians should be people who step up uh, also in their lives. People should, uh, people of God should be busy because they have a lot of things to do. What are some of the things that the people of God should be doing with their life? What else should be doing? Yeah. Well, they should be working in their, their job, okay? That's true. What else? Yeah. They should be helping people who are not saved have an opportunity to be saved. I saw another hand over there. Yeah. Serving people who are uh, ill or people who are in need. Yes, sir. Encouraging others. What else? Yeah, back in the back. Using your gift. Using whatever talent or gift you have to help other people around you. Yeah. Raising awareness. Uh, raising awareness. So what do you mean by that? Like, uh, maybe starting a charity or, or um, doing something that will help others. Okay. Let, let's put it more in the context of helping others, serving others, whether it's the poor or the needy or, or whatever else around us. And we could go on and on with things that the people of God should be doing. The people of God should be a high-energy, energized people. But here's the huge difference between the people of God and the people that would just be the people of the world is why. The why should be very different. Of why a person gets into whatever they get into in the world around us and give their energy and give their, uh, their thoughts in their lives, to whatever purpose or cause they, they get interested in. There should be a completely different answer to why a Christian does. The things we talk about. Serve the poor. Be concerned about people around them. Encouraging other people around them. Uh, helping people who are not 
in a relationship with God, getting a relationship with God. All those things that take time, that take energy, that take a, a mental thought, physical exertion. But there should be a completely different answer to the question of why. Okay, are you in Matthew 5? Yes. Okay, Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14. Jesus here is speaking to his followers and he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Well, let's, let's look at this passage and dissect it a little bit. Jesus is using an analogy for his believers to understand what they should be and how they, their, their, their image of themselves. He says, you're the light of the world. And then he gives some observations about light. He says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a chair. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it can't illuminate. As a matter of fact, like the lights are in this room, you light a light and you put it up so it's very obvious. And so that it can illuminate all that it's supposed to illuminate in a room or, or a hallway or whatever the case would be. He says, you're the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Don't get in a position where your light can't have an influence on anybody else around you. And he goes on to say, he says in the same way in verse 16, let your light shine before men that they may see what? They may see your good deeds. Now we talked about some of those good deeds. What are those good deeds? Serving other people that have needs in their life. Helping other people that have things in their life they need help with. Caring about the poor. Helping people that might have, whether they're emotional problems, or physical problems, or spiritual problems. All these things take energy. He's saying, you're the light of the world. These are the good deeds you should be doing. But why? What does he say at the very end? That they may praise your Father in heaven. He says, the reason that you're doing what you're doing is not so that you get noticed. It's not so that you get praised. It's not so that you get the credit. Yeah. It's that they may praise your Father in heaven, and the implication, of course, being that they know that you're doing what you're doing because you are a child of God. You're not just being nice to somebody because you decided to be nice and that they would say, oh, you're really, really a nice person. You know, people like to be called nice. <laughs> but he's saying that you're the light of the world. You're doing these things for people around you specifically with the motivation in mind that, that you are not going to be glorified for it. You are not going to be recognized for it. You aren't going to be praised for it. That they are going to praise the Father in heaven realizing that you're doing this not for your glory but for God's glory. That you in fact are even desirous of doing that 
because you became a Christian. Many of us, certainly including me, before I became a Christian, I didn't get any thought, really, during my normal day-to-day -day life that I need to do something nice for somebody. Maybe, maybe you were a nicer person than me before I became a Christian. But I have a feeling many of you were probably a lot like me. You didn't really sit around thinking about what you can do to be nice. As a matter of fact, you were like, well, if they don't have that in their life, that's their tough luck. Maybe some of you were mean scallywags like me. Sometimes, sometimes those of us who've been Christians for a while, we sort of blend our Christian life with our non-Christian life, and we start sort of thinking we were nicer as, as, before we were Christians than we probably really were. My guess is, for many of us, if people did a bit of a, a poll of our close friends before we became Christians, we probably wouldn't have been voted the nicest person in the, in the group. Uh, that would, certainly would have been me. But he's, he's saying here, that the motivation, the reason why you do what you do is not for your glory, not for your praise, but because you really want God get, to get the glory and the praise for the good things that you're doing in your life. Now, it's not only what you do, it's what you don't do. Look over to Titus chapter 2. Ironically, the passage that uh, Alexis used earlier today for the uh, communion, and we're going to look at it again. Right. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. How you guys doing out there? Okay, so we're talking about stepping out for God, and we've looked at, okay, we're stepping out for God in what we're doing, but we're also stepping out for God in what we're not doing. Okay? It's not just what you do sometimes in life that is of issue. It's what you don't do. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Or all people would be the way to say that. If you look back a little earlier in that passage, he's really talking about the people that Titus would be serving in the church. And he starts out and, and uh, he talks in verse 2 about the older men. We have any older men here? Yeah, a couple of us. We're all getting older. Uh, Chris raised his hand. He wouldn't have raised his hand a few years ago. He would have thought of himself as a younger man. But now he realizes he, in truth, is an older man. Uh, and that's okay. It's okay to be an older man, okay? In verse 2 is the older men. In, in verse 3 is the older women. I'm not even going to ask the question. <laughs> not even going to go there. <laughs> but you know who you are. Amen. <laughs> In verse 4, it talks about the younger women. Okay, that's not that, no problem there. In verse 6, he says, the young men. And in, in the context of that time and age, in verse 9, the slaves. He says, teach the slaves. And so he's telling Titus, hey, in the church here, you, you need to have an ongoing relationship helping different portions of the, the church. The older men, the older women, the younger women, the younger men, the slaves. In our context today, maybe we might say uh, th those groupings, of, with the exception of slaves, of course, older men, older women, uh, younger men, younger women, we might say uh, the marrieds. We might say the singles. Uh, we might say uh, any kind of subdivisions of, of our group. 
group. You know, those who are employers, those who are employees. You can break down a group in all kinds of different ways. And he's saying to Titus, the minister, you need to help these people in areas and teach them certain uh, things about their life if they're in these kind of areas. And so then he comes to verse 11 and he says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. In other words, it's all people, the older men, the older women, the older women, uh, the younger women, the, the younger men, etc. Look at verse 12. It teaches us, or the grace of God teaches us, to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And he goes on while we wait for the blessed hope, etc., etc. It's not just a matter of stepping up or stepping out. It's not just stepping out in what you do with your life. It's also what you don't do with your life. How do you live? There should be an absolute moral difference that should be observable in your day-to-day -day life between a person who is living their life because of the standards and expectations that are laid out in the Scriptures in a person that's just doing whatever they want to do whenever they feel it. Right? Yeah. Pretty obvious. There should be a different lifestyle. And once again, this goes back to the why. There should be a reason for that. Now let me show you what that reason is in a really good scripture. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to find it's the exact same reason. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Now we don't have time to read this whole passage and get into it, but he's talking here about sins of a sexual nature. And you can go back and read it if you want to. But we're going to begin reading in verse 19. He says, Do you not know that your body, he's talking to Christians here, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He's, don't, don't you realize that when you became a Christian, according to Acts 2.38, you received the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying here now that if you're a Christian, your, your body, your physical body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That God's Spirit lives in the body of a child of God who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. And that price is what? Jesus' death on the cross. You were bought at a price. The price was Jesus dying for you on the cross. Therefore, and any time the Bible says therefore, it's because of what I just said. Now I'm going to say this. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Therefore, honor God with your body. So when we talk about the lifestyle that's appropriate for a child of God to live in their moral life, 
Once again, this is not so that your family or your neighborhood or the people you work with can say, oh, isn't it nice? Isn't it commendable that so-and-so is such a moral person? They don't lie. They don't steal. They're trustworthy. If they tell you they're going to do something, they do it. They're not gossiping behind your back. They're not slandering you in, in, the, in the lunchroom at work. When someone has something that happens bad in their life or difficult, man, they're there. In other words, the moral life that a child of God lives is not so that you get glory. It's not so that you get credit. It's not so that people say nice things about you. It says, therefore, honor God with your body. In the context that he's talking about here of sexual misbehavior. He says, there's a certain way that you should live. And in that way, you are honoring God with your life. So when we talk about stepping out for God, doing something for God, or maybe not doing something because of God, it's not so that you get the glory, it's so that God gets the glory. You see the connection? Do what you do so that God will be glorified. Don't do what you shouldn't be doing so that God, once again, is glorified. Now let me give you a passage that's the umbrella over all of this. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And once again, we don't have time to study the whole context of this. But what he's talking about here is not doing things and eating things and in, in, uh, in what they would eat uh, that, that would uh, bring such a, uh, a feeling that uh, among the people that while you, you're eating this meat that was offered to an idol and all that. We don't have time to get into the whole thing. But in verse 31, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of of God. So whether you do or whether you don't, whatever you're, however you're living your life, whatever you're doing in your life, you should do for the glory of God. Let's break that down. We have students here that that wanna that wanna be Christians or maybe already are Christians in their life, and and you're in the classroom. Why are you trying to get an A? Why are you trying to do the best job you can? If you're a child of God, it's to the glory of God. You're not trying to get an A. You're not trying to be on a roll. You're not trying to be on the dean's list so that you can get the glory. You're a child of God, so whatever you do, you're doing it. Do it all to the glory of God. You're trying to be a good student if you're a child of God. Because you are a child of God, you're doing the best that you can. And let it be said, the best that you can sometimes may be a C. <laughs> if it is, then it is. But you got that C to the glory of God. Amen. It was the best that you could do. Some of you are involved in athletics. Okay? 
You want to be the best football player. You want to be the best basketball player. You want to be the best wrestler, volleyball player. You want to be the best track person. Uh, you know, I don't know, track athlete or however that would might, the, the wordy there maybe is not clear uh, as it is with other things. A trackster, I don't know. Uh, Bonnie, you were, uh, what, what, what's a, where's Bonnie? She's out here somewhere, isn't she? What, what's a, a track person called? A track athlete. Okay, I got it right. <laughs> Gymnast, whatever. You're, you're wanting to be the best you can to the glory of God. You want to be the best employer. Not so that your employees say, man, I love working for her. I love working for him. He's such a great guy. She's such a great girl. No, they need to know you're a Christian. They need to know who you are. You're a child of God. You're trying to be the best employer you can be to the glory of God. You're trying to be the best employee so that God can be glorified. They know you're a Christian and they watch your work ethic. They watch you get to work on time and stay until you're supposed to stay. They see that you're there. They see that you're willing to take a, a shift that, that, that someone wants to shift off. You're trying to be uh, accommodable to the people around you the best you can. They see that you're not stealing stuff. Yeah. You know, people do, do, uh, do studies on how, how much people steal at work. It's unbelievable. How much people steal at work? You go to some people's homes and, man, you know, they got all kinds of towels, pencils, uh, they, they, uh, cups, uh, plates. Uh, yeah, they got everything. Where'd you get all that stuff? Well, I, you know, I walked it home from work, you know. Uh, they're stealing their employ, employ, employers blind. Taking from them and every, every, and they excuse it. They say, well, they don't pay me enough. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's pretty weak, isn't it? You see, so what you do, what you don't do, it should all be to the glory of God. See, when we talk about stepping out for God, that's exactly what it means. You're stepping out for God. This is not about you. You know, sometimes in life we get in trouble because we make it all about us. Even things we do in the spiritual realm. We say, well, I want to win someone to Christ. Why? You're going to put a notch on your Bible? You want them to get up and share about their conversion story and mention your name? Helping someone become a Christian is not about you. It's about God. It's about God in your life. It's about God in their life. We're not winning someone to Christ as if we died on the cross for them. At the end of the day, we're trying to persuade people to come to Christ. Not come to us. I can't do much for you. <laughs> but... As one beggar to another beggar, I can show you the food that I found and that someone helped me find and I can help you receive the grace that I received. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about you. It's about God. Stepping out and doing something is about God. Now here's where we're going to turn on this sermon. It's going to be a little bit unique and different. I'm going to give you like five minutes... 
And you, you form a little group right there with whoever you're sitting around. So whoever you're sitting around is now the lucky people that get to share about, about you and with you, okay? Here's what I want you to come up with. What are you going to step out and do? Okay, we've talked about stepping out on faith. We've talked about stepping out of your comfort zone. Now today we're talking about stepping out for God. What are you going to do? You know, if it doesn't ever get down to what are you going to do, then really it's just nice words, isn't it? What are you going to do? So form a little group there. I know the seats don't move and they're, they're, they're fashioned, so you have to do the best you can. But you talk with the people that are right next to you. So for some of you, it may be a group of two. You know, there's nobody there but you or whatever. But, but, but don't, don't be by yourself, okay? What are you going to do? Okay, one more minute. Okay, here's what we do now. Shh. Here's what we do now. And I know, I know I'm, I'm talking to an audience that, that's, that's partially uh, paper and pen and partially electronic. But uh, uh, if, if you're me, you're paper and, and pencil, paper and pen. Okay, take, take a piece of paper. 
If you're doing it electronically, then however you're doing it electronically, your phone or your tablet or whatever, write it down. What are you going to do? Write it down. The very fact that you've thought through now, you've got something you're going to do. You've identified something. But the very act of writing it down, putting it in your tablet, putting it in the notes, or what, however you're doing that in, in your context, that way it becomes real. This is now something that out of your conviction you've identified, I, I, I know I've, I've got to get serious about. You may, the truth of the matter is, you may really have a dozen things you need to get serious about, but let's leave the other 11 alone. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You got that one and you wrote it down and you put it in the back of your Bible. Or you're, you're, you're using it as a uh, bookmark in your Bible. Or you've got it in that tablet. You've got it in your phone. You can bring it up. Okay, we've got about five more minutes. Who of you would like to tell the group what you're going to do? All of us, we don't have time, all of us to do it. But I know some of you would like to say, okay, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to tell you right now, this is what I wrote on that piece of paper. This is what I wrote in that tablet. This is, this is what I want to do to the glory of God. Yeah. Who wants to go? Yes. There you go. You're going to go. Amen. You're going to go to the meetup you already got going. Yeah, back in the back. Okay, being a little bit bolder at work may be a way to encapsulate that. Uh, any of the rest of you? Yes, sir. Come on. So uh, a theme of I just want to be excellent. I, I want to, you know, not be mediocre. I want to try to do my best with whatever I'm doing. Okay, a couple more. Yes. Conspiring. That sounds ominous. <laughs> Outstanding. Mm -hmm. I just want to ask. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, a lot of people have a gift of like, cooking or preparing meals, and they love serving in that way. 
And um, if anyone wants to email me to join our little committee, that way we're going to provide meals for like, let's say someone would be in, it would be a great help for that family or that single person who. Cool. See, she's not only made a conviction, now she's, uh, she's employing other people around her. This is, this is an entrepreneurial woman right here. Yes, back in the back. <laughs> okay, Irma, you come on down and... Uh, Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, inviting family members, you know, not just talking about it, but even friends, just bring them, you know, it's, it's just getting them here. Actually being bold and reaching out to, to family members. So my nephew, I've been inviting them, asking them, my father, we were late, but he came here. Hey, lace better than not at all. That's, that's good. A, a, a couple more. I, I don't want to drag this out. Chris. Wow, okay. To have a good talk with someone who's ill. That, that, that's a good thing. One more. Close it out. Yes? Clean out my place so that I can have more hospitality and then we can do more things. Good deal. And probably a number of us in the room need to be inspired by that. Uh, <laughs> clean, clean up our house so we actually can offer hospitality to the people around us. Guys, I hope the Stepping Out uh, series has been good for you. Stepping out on faith. Stepping out of that comfort zone. Stepping out for God. Have a great time of fellowship. You are dismissed. <laughs>